0: Let the games begin. Inconceivable!
1: Come with me if you want to live. Do. Or do not. There is no trouble. Welcome to the Siblings Draft, the show where two brothers pick a category within films grab five movies to build the best possible top five. I'm Ian. I'm James. And today we have a special guest. It is my dearest friend, Stephen, zooming in all the way from the ATX. What's up, Stephen? How are you doing? Gentlemen, it's good to be here. I'm doing well. Uh, and this is, he's one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since first grade, so that's you know, it's crazy and rare to have uh, a friend for so very, very long. And James, how are you doing? I'm doing well on a business trip right now. So, so yeah, this... We're, this is our very first virtual podcast. We're, we're in a Zoom meeting and it's, zoom uh, it's going pretty, yeah, zoom It's going pretty well. And Jamie, today we are drafting what? Superhero
2: best moments.
1: Yeah, the best superhero moments in film. This is live action film. We banned animation again. We banned it in our family movie draft, and we're banning it again here. I think Enter the Spider-Verse, Mask of the Phantasm have really awesome moments that we just kind of wanted to focus on the live action here. Uh, Now, this can be moments of heroism, acts of grace and mercy, feats of strength. Moments of awe and wonder, those sequences that give you chills every time you watch the movie, or just general superhero badassery. So, gentlemen, I think we're mainly sticking to Marvel and DC. What are you guys, y'all, for the for mostly the to Marvel most and DC? Part,
2: for the most part, but I do have some, some outliers here and there.
1: Now, these are superhero moments, not supervillain moments. So that will be a separate draft and Steven we're, we've already kind of decided since you're in on this one, you're going to be in on the superhero supervillain oh, yeah. draft.
0: Um, That's good. I've, I've got a, I've got a lot of favorite supervillains, so I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Some of, speaking like supervillains they're
1: so they can make or break a f- superhero movie, a comic book movie.
0: Sure. So like
1: the MCU mm. has a lot of really poor supervillains yeah, especially in the iron man movies some of the captain america uh red skull is okay i guess but we're not talking about supervillains. we're talking about the superheroes and the yeah. great moments
0: that just, get off of hugo weaving let's talk about superheroes right well and, we can and,
1: talk about hugo weaving because he plays a superhero in v for vendetta well this oh. is
2: i think though and we've talked about this and i'm a bit of a marvel fanboy though
1: Yes, for sure, and I'm a and, bit of a DC fanboy,
2: and and I'm, I'm I was a Marvel fanboy before Marvel movies were any good, so I would like to put that in now,
1: and well, that yeah. Marvel hipster,
2: a little bit. Well, you were
1: a comic. We had the comics and the cards growing up. Our oldest right. brother Daniel had a. I don't know if you ever seen a the giant boxes bananas come in. Steven, I know you hate bananas, but the giant boxes, bananas come in and it was just filled with comics. Miss, He's a mainly, he's a Fantastic Four fanatic Yeah, alliteration. Um, so I guess we'll uh, start off with doing our, do you have something to say, Jamie? Well,
2: I was going to explain that we were doing a snake
1: draft this time. Yes, uh, we are doing it. This one's a little more niche instead of... Uh, wide open like the last two drafts we did all right so ian is going to jamie you want to explain a snake draft for those who don't know what that means oh i'm sorry yeah sure
2: this is basically kind of what's done in in fantasy football drafts and so the first person uh they get their pick and you go down the line and then the last person to get a pick gets to start the next round so whoever gets First pick will be last in the second round, and the person in the middle, in our case, will stay in the middle and have a happy medium. Um, right. So,
1: it kind of evens out unless less top – you know, let's – people have better chances right. to get better players. That's why they do it in fantasy football.
2: And we think that this time there's going to be a little bit more potential for, for crossover and, and pick stealing, um, which – might have some good uh, conflict between us Um, but we'll all get to talk about our moments but at the end we will see who comes up with the best team and I think to decide who gets that coveted first pick uh, Ian we're going to play your uh, actor category game where we all have to name our name a movie that the actor was in in succession
1: yeah and we we have chosen robert downey jr in honor of superhero moments so uh steven, steven you are our guest you're gonna start it off rdj um, movies go
0: so are and you we, can name sequels by the way we can name sequels are we saying all avengers all like all mcu movies are on the table oh yeah then i'll start with iron man one iron man two iron man three avengers the avengers
1: avengers age of ultron Avengers Endgame. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Captain America
0: Civil War.
1: Spider Man Homecoming. That's
0: good. Um,
1: Thor. Is he in Thor? Is he, he in, is the in the
0: post credit scene of Thor?
1: What's the post credit scene of Thor?
0: Uh, it is um tony stark being approached by um, I thought that's
1: the end of iron man.
0: No, it's the end of thor.
1: I'm not going to look it up, but I well I'll take well, it. He's he's there, trust me. Okay, I'm going to say the judge.
0: Oh man. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes 2, Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> is it just what is the name of it into darkness into, <laughs> in, this is, yeah
1: okay i don't we know there's a second one we'll give it to you thank you
0: i am I guess. Gonna say,
1: <laughs> i'm gonna say due date uh i'm out you're out oh
2: nah, Okay. I'm out. There's out. There's, a, there's a movie i was thinking of and i can't i can't come up with it it's a period flick, and it's like the 1700s. It's like Baroque. He plays some ne'er do well that's very much like his past self. But I, I can't think of
1: the flick, and I gotta look it up. Okay, Steven, to you, buddy. Uh,
0: just recently watched this one, Zodiac.
1: Ooh, that one's not on my radio. My radio. <laughs> that's not on my radar at all. Uh, he's in the new Doctor Doolittle film, which I heard was terrible. It was. It was okay
0: um beans um uh, i might be out four. call it all right kiss kiss
1: bang bang
0: that's the one it. all right i got to look at tropic
1: up thunder movie. tropic <laughs> thunder <laughs> <laughs> that's an iconic performance are we are, too. We, are we are we allowed to talk about Thunder*? no there?
0: we're super not well it's not his performance anyway well it's,
1: i think people think it's okay it, the general consensus is like yeah it's fine because it's
2: it's satirical yeah yeah I but know. the problem with satire is that people get bent out of shape about it but that's the point
1: all right i'm an english so,
2: teacher you know jonathan swift is all about it
1: here we go we're getting into round one of best superhero moments draft. You guys ready? I'm ready.
0: Let's All do it. right.
1: So, this is my first pick. And this is a scene that I think is not only one of the best in superhero film, but one of the most powerful in recent cinema history, period. And that is Wonder Woman No Man's Land the scene where she tell Steve Trevor is telling her that no man can cross here and I'm just getting goosebumps talking about it man I remember seeing it in the theater and actually tearing up I mean I do that with a lot of movies don't, don't get me wrong I get goosebumps and I, I tear I can, up
2: I think and, you mentioned it every time yeah you cried so, during a movie.
1: right so they're saying you know we're not here to save all these people that's not what we came here to do and she says no that's what I'm going to do. And that moment that she puts the tiara on her cloak comes off, you see the shield and she ventures out into the trench warfare of world war one. And you're like, Holy moly. And this is so powerful because this is, I think this is the moment in the film where she stops being Diana of Themyscira and starts and becomes wonder woman and she doesn't do it by herself. So this is, to me, this is what feminism really is, is she goes out there and sure, she blocks the bullets and she takes all the fire, but it's not, it's her working with her men, her squad of guys, her ragtag group of men together as a unit to get the job done. This is what feminism really is. And, to me it's so powerful of a scene and uh believe it or not i've read that patty jenkins the director had to fight the studio to keep this in the film
0: Hmm. they were they were going to cut it it was like a somewhere over the rainbow from wizard of oz they were so close to cutting it wow yeah And,
2: and that was actually one of the few dc moments that Hit my radar, and actually, when I was talking this over with my wife, she kind of pointed out the the Wonder Woman thing because, you know, I'm not I'm not a big DC guy, but this was one that I was like, yeah, it's it's a moment of of some sheer badassery. But I really wasn't thinking about it as um, a a moment of of feminism in the sense of. You know, working together in a in a partnership to achieve a noble goal, um, and I think that's a really important thing that you you've highlighted there. That, um, you know, y- you know, and and I, and this isn't trying to get political, but the idea of of you know that some people get in their heads about feminism. You know, it's like well women are better than men. It's, it's not what it is. It's not, not traditionally anyway. And the idea is that, you know, women can achieve things too. Um, and I think that's, that's actually a really good way to look at that scene. That There's, there's a partnership
0: um, mm-hmm. going on there. Absolutely. So, um, that's nice. why this, this reminds one. that's, that is a very good first pick. Uh, and that was absolutely on my top five, but, Um, This reminds me of uh, a time when this movie had first come out. Here in Austin, uh, there is a really cool theater, there's a chain of theaters, Alamo Drafthouse, and they had a women-exclusive viewing of uh, Wonder Woman, and uh, Zoom is telling me I have to upgrade
1: no, it says it's okay. been upgraded <laughs> by the host. <laughs> um,
0: so so this theater had an all-female viewing. No yeah, dudes allowed. Um, and somebody complained and the theater was like, no, this is, this is what we're doing. This is fine. Trust us. It's okay. And uh, <laughs> so the guy then goes to the mayor uh, of Austin and complains. And the mayor of Austin says, you know... I don't think this is uh, where you belong. Then you know, I don't—not all like the theater, right? It it just sounds like this is not like something that you should take part in. Uh, sounds Sounds like it's not something that, and that like that harkens back to this no man's land because it literally is no man because Wonder Woman is the person who actually approaches the problem, right? Uh, and and it just like it 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 reminds me that there are issues that are, that are like difficult for some people, especially three, three white men talking about feminine, uh, feminism on a podcast, but like, uh, it, 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 it's nice that we have this, this view into something that is so different from our world that we can see something powerful being represented. Uh, it, it's really cool.
1: Absolutely.
2: All it right. is a little bit, before we, we go, it is a little bit hearkening to that Tolkien-esque Return of the King ending yes. with Eowyn mm. and, and, the, uh, and the Witch King mm-hmm. of Angmar. Mm-hmm. It, Always you love know, that I, I, I am no man. And he's <laughs> jabbing, her, jabbing uh, the Witch King in the face. Um, yeah. It has that. What's in the book.
1: Pippin?
2: No, it's Mary. Mary. Mary right stabs
1: on. him stabs him in the back with of the, the knee. With, well, he with does a, it in the he does it in the movie too, but the the blade has something to do with it. Yeah, it's like, a because it's Tom Bombadil. Well, it's the blade Let's is a real nerddom over here. Well, the blade is, is from the um
2: it's a, like westernness. Yeah, it's it's well, it's not from it's not an Elven blade. It's from one of the rival uh kingdoms to the Witch-king's old place of Angmarth. We are all superheroes. Lo- <laughs> you, you just wait till we get to Tolkien. Okay. Uh, so. Can't wait right. to talk about the Hobbits. No. No. I can wait. Okay. All <laughs> right, Steven, Steven, it's your turn for your number one pick.
0: Oh, I'm number two. Um, then my number one pick was the funeral scene at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Ooh. Ooh, we got some some teary eyes on the call right now, guys. Um, yeah, dude, Yandu. that was powerful, Rest man. Rest in
1: peace. Rest in. Power spoiler warning. You. I guess we should have yeah. done a spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: maybe put that at the. I think the all
1: beginning. of our podcasts are, are spoiler spoiler <laughs> heavy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you don't go to a movie podcast expecting to not get spoiled. Unless it's but. like non spoiler reviews. Mm. That like That advertises and such. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that, mo- that moment was such a payoff for the entire film like that was that was like everything that it had been building up for and it meant something to every character you know all all of the guardians um mm-hmm. plus mantis you know including mantis now um but like how powerful was that that like there was validation at the end, like we knew who the character of Yandu was. We knew what he had gone through and how bad he had been, but there was this like there there was a there was a reward at the end because of the like the, the, you know you you can have some bad stuff, but like like in Doctor Who you you have a pile of good and you have a pile of bad things in your life right and the one doesn 't necessarily cancel out the other um, he was um at his core a decent person and we saw that that celebrated in the end.
1: So you're just taking the celebration or are you taking the whole the Yondu's sacrifice and the celebration of his life and death? Uh
0: I mean No, I'm gonna I'm gonna only take the funeral because we okay. see Yondu laying on the table. So like the the before when he's still alive is up.
1: So I think yeah, because this is, I mean everything leading up to this, like his you know i mean it's connected i mean not been your father but i'm sure it was your daddy or something like that mm-hmm. and then uh, mm-hmm. i'm mary poppins y'all <laughs> <Yes>. um <laughs> michael rooker is amazing
2: i mean like, one, of, <laughs> one of one of the tricks one of the tricks about about these drafts where you're doing moments or scenes is i think that they're it's basically kind of like that moment where you get the goosebumps, everything that's led up to it, like the the funeral scene doesn't mean as much as it does, you know, without the whole movie that comes before it. So sure. that's the funeral scenes, the moments where you get the goosebumps, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's one of the things that we're gonna have to play, you know, a little bit flexible with with rules in in what you're what you're claiming versus what you're not. But yeah, no, I, I think. And that was one I considered, but it, it didn't make the, the shortlist and I mean, I got my short list right here, but like
1: you got it on old school pen and paper
2: I got it on old school pen and paper, and nice um it helps me it helps me get it down. I had it on my phone, and I was like, no, I have to write it but that that scene it. is really good, and I, but i wasn't actually thinking about the funeral scene as much as I was the the scene where where he actually sacrifices himself but right but that's really just between Yandu and Quill not really the, everybody else
0: right where where i the reason i brought the funeral scene and the fireworks celebration and everything was because you saw the payoff for everybody right you saw Rocket coming to terms with his like uh his his own issues his demons of like pushing people away and how like he he's like he he's getting this validation that that's like that sucks but that's not the only thing that can define you you know right etc
2: i think it's good i i'm down with that for a solid number two number one for, for team steven okay for my number one i am gonna go with what i think is the obvious uh answer for somebody who is an mcu fanboy and that is the final avengers assemble
1: moment assemble. Uh, it's on my it's on it's on my short list for sure uh it's i think it's it, it's like the obvious number one
2: for me and i thought it was going to get taken um with the it, it and it starts out so subtle with the uh with falcons on your left which well, is it, a, it's a great it's a great recall a call to, back, man to a to their first meeting right and um you know from uh what was it uh winter soldier the beginning of winter soldier you know he's coming on your left you know he's passing and,
1: them up and, and you know what and you know what What's that? The end of this movie, this whole the first thing Cap hears is Falcon on your left. And they've built this such a relationship now. But the end of this movie, there's a payoff of Falcon getting the shield. Right. He's gonna take up the mantle of Captain America. Yeah. Or he's and, Steve's choice. But this but this moment, the
2: the on your left, Avengers Assemble, it really is the culmination of what was it? 11 years uh, worth 11 of 11 years of of mcu movies um yep you know starting starting with rdj's iron man and then you're just like talk finally. about a payoff right and that i mean and, and end game has a lot of of payoff moments and and if i wasn't trying i could have drafted just end game
1: that could and, be a separate draft between me and you. <laughs>
2: honestly, it could be that the, the best moments of, of end game. And that would really be a, a doable thing. And I'm going to try to not, but just everybody coming in, it's a deus ex machina moment. It's, um, but it's, it, it's kind of in the way it's not really just the end. We haven't just won. It's, like, no, this is going to be a real fight. Um, even though, but you see, it's like Captain America. He's just gotten up. He, he The shield is broken. He's by himself. He's by himself. Everybody else is down for the count. And no. The score,
1: there's like very minimal score. It's very quiet. Do, do you know who did the score for this? Because it's. It's, I mean, it's, I think Silvestri wrote. Alex Silvestri wrote the Avengers theme. Okay. I, I think I could be it's, wrong. It's so good here.
2: Everything about this. I mean, this goosebumps every time, every yes, single time yes, I've yes. watched this movie so many times already. And it's just, it's cinematic classic. And that's, that's the obvious choice for me.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just everything leading up to that moment, cuz you get big battles right before that and you get cap and everybody and thor and you get cap he gets mjolnir he gets thor's hammer and he he you hit all this stuff first but then when he says avengers whack, gets the mjolnir again he calls it back to him again and then he goes assemble i mean talk about a payoff and this is i mean the whole mjolnir thing's a callback to i mean that's a whole moment in and of itself it and is my theater blew up but my theater also blew up at this moment when he goes assemble and then you're just like yes i, I right?
0: knew it
1: yeah i knew it um so you said original music mm-hmm. yeah alan silvestri my bad he wrote the avengers theme and that yeah. i mean it, it's, it's through all the avengers movies so you're getting that uh you know you're already invested in this theme that kicks in Mm. really you know carries the momentum through the whole entire moment right so and that i think that speaking of themes and musical score that is always i think taking superhero moments a lot of the times the score has a lot to do with it Yeah, well, I think that's
2: any cinema. Yeah, the
1: score, Mm -hmm. I mean, Star Wars does it too, but the score is, that's what gives you the goosebumps. You could watch these movies without music and you're probably like 50% less hype. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. And because the Avengers- so much of it. Right, and because the Avengers theme is so uh, iconic now and so, let's say, I mean, it's great. It, It really propels this moment- you know into this final battle agreed oh yeah jamie you're on the clock again buddy
2: all right i get my second pick um and that's that's the way the snake draft works um so So round two jamie's first pick all right guys now i'm gonna take it down a notch i'm gonna stay marvel but i'm gonna leave the mcu I am going to go all the way mm-hmm. back to the first Spider-Man. Yes, I know. With knew it. With Uncle Ben. Yes. With with great power you comes remember. great responsibility. Yes, um, sir. So one of the things about this is basically the, the reason why I'm choosing this is because I think it, it rolls with the entire theme of what we're doing here um, because it is the theme for all superhero movies. Yeah, it is. Big. this is the crux of all superheroes. So, and, and one of the things I, I kind of looked at with this, hoping that, knowing that if no one, if one of y'all didn't pick it, I would. Um, I, I kind of wanted to see if this was something that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby had cribbed or or what. And it does. It shows up. It shows up during the French Revolution. It shows up, um, even it, it, versions of it, kind of. Um, you know, it, even in, in the Bible, it's like, "To whomever much is given, of him much will be required." And to whom much is, was entrusted, of, of him more will be asked. Um, wow. And, and you know, Uncle Benjamin. It, <laughs> and it's, but it's got that it's got that level, it's proverbial. And even like our own Supreme Court has used the the concept Um, and it it really, like I know during like the colonial administration under Churchill used something similar. And it's it's really kind of important. And, And the whole thing is it's like, why did, Why did the superheroes do these things yeah. and and honestly, is it something that you have to consider for yourself because as a person who has some power, some agency, what are you doing with it um, you know and and I guess you could it kind of harkens to the 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 moment with uh, Peter Parker and Tony Stark um, in in Civil War. I think it's in Civil War. Yeah, where he goes to where Tony's visiting Peter Parker and he's like, when Peter says, when you do the things that I can, but you don't. And then the bad things happen. They happen because of you. I was just
1: about to put that in there.
2: Yeah, it's, this is such a big thing. uh, And it basically is the, The theme of a lot of of, at least in the premise of why we have superheroes at all
1: yeah for sure and i mean that and this strange 2020 land i mean everybody could use this sort of uplifting hope i mean i meant to talk about this in our beginning before we even started draft picks but these moments a lot of time they represent hope and represent something larger than life, you know, and uh, this is definitely the crux of all of it, of all the superhero moments. Um, And if you can, I mean, it harkens back to my first pick is, this is her, her decision, no, but it's what I'm gonna do. Wonder Woman makes this decision that, you know, yeah, these people are starving, and I have the power to save them, and she does with the help of her people, with her help of her squad. So, this is without the great power comes great responsibility sort of uh, thing, you kind of don't have most superheroes. So, or any of these moments, really. All right, Steven, it's back to you, buddy.
0: All right. <clears throat> Number 2. I don't I don't know if y'all are ready for this. Um, my number 2 is in Avengers Endgame when Fat Thor recalls Mjolnir. Ah, nice. So I mean, we don't get we don't get any of these other
1: moments with you know, with uh with Cap without him recalling Mjolnir.
0: That's right. Um but I it's it's a very Nice moment. He sees his mother again, right before she is going to die. Um, he has lived what five years, um, like fading away into his, I don't know, what, whatever whatever he is experiencing his depression or his like yeah. acceptance of failure. What you know, whatever he is dealing with, but like as a uh, plus sized guy. Who maybe didn't live up to his full potential. Uh, it's a really nice moment to see somebody um, who looks like me get up on screen and be a hero. It's, it was a sweet moment. Um, I still have
1: that video of you and Toys R Us with uh, you just standing there, Steven, and I, you say, Mjolnir
0: to me, and I throw a toy Mjolnir at you and you catch it. <laughs> we, we were nothing if not badasses.
2: You're gonna to have to find that now and post it on our
1: the siblings' social media. It's somewhere. <laughs> it's for sure somewhere. But you think he the words he says is "I'm still worthy."
0: I'm still worthy. Yeah.
1: Right. And if he doesn't recall Mjolnir here, he dies.
0: Yes, Thanos Thor.
1: Thanos kills Thor in in the battle in Endgame because. He's about to get killed with Stormbreaker, and Captain I, America saves him with Mjolnir. I don't know that if if he doesn't if he is unable
2: to recall Mjolnir.
1: This is true. He's probably he, done.
2: Right. I don't know that he ever goes to to have a showdown with Thanos at all. But here's yeah. a and and I was not a fan of Thor's. Devolution in in uh, Endgame, uh, but I, I had to warm up to it, let's say. And and on a few a few watchings, part of it is is I don't like fat suits, and I don't think I don't think it was necessary to show him physically out of out of shape uh, to demonstrate his deep depression.
1: But they um, all they all sort of all the main Avengers this story is about all of their dealings with failure and depression, right. except maybe Hulk, who dealt with that failure in Infinity War, he deals with it differently. I mean he becomes Smart Thor. I mean Smart Profess- Hulk or what Professor, Professor Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. In yeah. this film when they when we find him. Which um, really needs its own movie. It's not gonna happen. I know it's not because happen. Universal has yeah you know all Maybe. that's one thing that sucks about marvel is that they don't have their all their own all their characters uh, i mean they do now ish kind of cuz hulk is still teetering or whatever but i digress yeah this is a great mm-hmm. pick Steven. thank you very inspired choice
0: um yeah Maybe. and I get, I, now that i think about it were um all the different Avengers, just going through different stages of grief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But this is, this is one of those moments. And I think it's, it's always good. And I've talked about it before. It's like with, with these bouts of, of depression and, and Thor's is like situational. He's never been doubtful of himself. Um, never. We, we don't see a lot of character, arc kind of stuff with Thor. We see stylistic changes, um, mostly due to writing and directing, um, but like he, he's much more relatable here um, dealing with human problems and human failures. Like he hasn't failed. So this is, this is nice to know that just because you have failed, just because you don't feel worthy, it doesn't mean you aren't
1: worthy Mm. absolutely anything else you guys before i take my number two pick and then my number three pick all right so number two i'm trying to stick to like one one moment per movie like what's the the moment you know and i i guess i have to go with what speaks to me and that's he's holding up a superman shirt right now and that is that's true i did uh, man of steel um look on my short list i think there's five different moments from this film that give me goosebumps every single time and it's the music Hans zimmer's score it's Zack Snyder's and his cinematographer's cinematography. It's the direction of it. It's Henry Cavill completely embodying Superman. He looks the part. And the scene I'm going to take in my top five is when he takes flight for the very first time. Mm -hmm. We get the narration in the background um, from, to me, one of the, greatest voices you know vocal performance in russell crowe as jor-el you know saying you know you can be a beacon of hope and yes this is definitely a callback this is definitely inspired by the same exact sequence in superman with christopher reeve but you don't have Marlon Brando hamming it up. You, I mean, it, the effects are way better, obviously. But this one is speaks speaks to me. I, I mean, I get goosebumps every time I, I watch it. And there's he fails. You know, he doesn't. He does. He starts jumping like really high in the air, and then he finally figures out that he can fly, and then he falls out, and then he smashes through the mountain, and then he gets back up, and then we get more you know uh more narration from russell crowe's Jorel, you know saying that you could be a beacon of hope to these people and one day they will join you in the sun and he takes off and then he's flying around and then the Hans zimmer score builds and builds and builds and you're like this is superman
2: well it's certainly one of those moments that makes superman more relatable um and that's always been one of at least for a long time, one of the criticisms and one of the difficulties with dealing with Superman is that he is super man. He is above man. He's morally more pure. He's physically so far beyond. Um, and, and it's hard to uh, relate in some way to him failing at something and it's kind of interesting in in this scene uh, to see him, you know, not succeeding the first time he does it. And of course, you know, you have to build up strong villains to fight him and things like that, but this doesn't, you can always find a, you know, there's there's always a bigger fish, you know, sort of moment. There's always a, a bigger bad guy that you can point out and make, you know, More strong to meet your your hero's thing, but this is you know him learning to fly, something that we really do take for granted for Superman. So it's kind of cool to see that.
1: Yeah, I mean he's not. This you said villains and super powerful villains. Obviously, this movie General Zod, one of his another Kryptonian, but this (laughs) this uh isn't have anything to do with the villain. This is just. A moment of awe and wonder um, for me that is just, you know, catapulted even further by the amazing Hans Zimmer score. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Anybody? Um, Steven, you got anything to say?
0: Nope. A coming of age tale. I
1: love it. I do love <laughs> it. I love all the, the nonlinear storytelling in the whole mm-hmm. film. And uh, ironically, this movie just has is the characters are more human than most superhero movies.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. All right, Ian, it's time for your third round Ooh, pick. My third we're round the, pick. We're at the top of the third round. Ooh. Okay. So I, I'm got a three and four battle for me and I'm going, I'm breaking away from DC, man. I'm breaking away. I'm going Marvel, but neither of these movies are MCU movies. So I think I'm going to go with Spider-Man 2 Stopping the Train. I mean this mo- it is, it's a gift now and I mean it's full of memes. I mean the cr-
0: careful with him. He's a hero.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean <laughs> he does everything within his power to save these people after a brutal battle with Doc Ock and I mean this is one of those moments that will never be topped. They try to kind of pay homage to it with the boat scene in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I—I I mean, I literally rolled my eyes. I'm like, can't be a little more original. Uh, really? This, I mean, this is this is a moment in superhero movies that is so huge, so iconic that mm-hmm. it's kind of
0: i don't know anyway, this is Superman picking up the airplane right right this which is, is yeah. not physically possible, but anyway
2: uh, i i mean i I, I get it and I, the the film is the the moment is an excellent moment of heroism, and it's one of those things that it it's always cool to get that moment where you're pushing your superhero to the brink mm-hmm. um, to to beyond what they think they can physically do. Um, but, you know, one of the things, it, it's, you, you talked about their, the homage to it, but really what it's in the, it's kind of, a, there's a lot of homages of Spider-Man with saving people full of trains. Um, saving I mean, people
1: I, full of trains.
2: Saving trains full of people. Got Sorry. it. There you go. <laughs> I'm full up on trains,
0: y'all. <laughs>
2: y'all. Um, but, but, you know, it, they do this in the the first Spider-Man film, except of course it's Mary Jane and the train full of people, and he manages to save them both. But the original one comes from the comics, where he's got to send save Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy. Or, or the train full of people, and he let he has to let Gwen Stacy die, that's and that's, the,
0: that's
2: that's the first that mean, death, right? And that is the that is defining for spider-man because he finally has to realize he has to outweigh his own personal desires and wants over that of of others but that kind of strays beyond the thing but the the whole idea of spider-man saving people
1: no no no, that's what i'm saying i'm saying but like it's very i mean they obviously paid homage to this scene in spider-man homecoming when he saves the boat and he's like but he doesn't save the boat I know he fails. Iron Man saves the boat. Gotcha. I know. Okay, got it. Sure. But after immediately, this is part of the moment is he is spent, he goes to fall down into I guess this is an L train, an elevated train, and he goes to fall down and the people inside save him. And they carry mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And they are like, this is just a boy, not older than not any older than my son. And he realized, when he wakes up, he realizes that he doesn't have his mask on and the kids go, it's okay, we'll keep your secret. So so good, so it is powerful. In you
0: know, a time really before good. cell phones, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I really this, didn't. This kind of reminds me, but like nobody knows who the hell this kid is, but this kind of reminds me of that Justice League episode where <laughs> Lex Luthor like, embodies the Flash and he's like, Haha, I'll find out who the Flash is. And he takes the mask off and he goes, I don't know I don't who, know this,
0: know who is. this is. <laughs> 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 yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. All right, Steven.
0: All right. You, For buddy. my number three, uh, I I put down Wonder Woman's No Man's Land. No man's land. So what do I do in this scenario?
1: Find take, another scene, buddy. <laughs> take your right. number four. See that's um, why we have a short list. Yeah, I got mine, there's like twenty scenes. <laughs>
0: Um all right. My number 4 then. My no next one, my number, number my new number 3 is um in Civil War when Spider-Man actually shows up. Yes.
2: Under rules
0: Under to- Under But <laughs> <roos. laughs> Under- <laughs> what, what a great moment cuz like we had heard things about spider-man being i i don't don't like to read a lot of spoilers but like you know there was rumors um that spider-man was going to be in it he was in yeah so like so you know something's about to happen but then it like shows up at this epic battle it was such a good moment and i'm a huge fan of spider-man so it was that was a really cool moment for me
2: well it was one of those things that and and i'm i've Spider-Man was my
1: comic of choice.
2: Hmm.
1: So he... he I, I mean, we realized in the 90s. It was everyone's comic of choice and well, television cartoon of choice. And-
2: well, no, no, no. Because a lot of people watched X-Men and, and read X-Men but comics. But both.
1: Those were the yeah. two. But, was it.
2: but the... Seeing Spider-Man in the MCU when we didn't think we were gonna right yeah i mean i guess that made it a bigger thing mm-hmm. um and not and i don't think ever has the the ownership of intellectual property been
0: so hotly followed by right. fans right know? it would have been like if uh wolverine had showed up in the end game yeah logan's
1: here you know what i wanted in end game is all the netflix like the defenders Punisher, oh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist—that would have been. And like, but there's I no hate, time. Never mind. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, and I mean, I also don't like that we have like 18 seasons of Agents of Shield, and Clark Gregg's Agent Coulson never shows back up, and he's yeah. the cold. His death is like the crux of them getting back together or getting together in the first place. So that's that's true. That's that is a little bit
2: of a. a a letdown but no i think i think spider-man's debut and that that was one of the things i i had on on my short list for debuts i had two debuts spider-man and wonder woman but for my third round pick that is not um that is not what i took what i took is actually a dc moment and And Ian's getting excited here. Where in The Dark Knight, Batman takes the blame. He takes the blame for the murders Mm. that, uh, that from Harvey Harvey Dent, Dent, Harvey Dent, and we, or, or Two Face, you know. And, um, you know, he's having this conversation with, uh, Gordon, and, you know, it's like, no, I, I, i'm not gonna be i need it i have to be this kind of hero this is the hero we need and um you know it's really thematically it's always it's so troubling because we always associate heroism with glory and respect but really in reality being a hero it's not always glorious sometimes it comes with um in glory, in infamy, in getting the hatred, and getting um, despised for the things that you may have done or may not have done, and like, and that that's often what happens with real heroes.
1: Yeah, um, and this is kind of, you know, a play on the great responsibility thing. Is that he takes this as his responsibility that he should take the blame for uh, all the murder uh, that harvey dent causes which i mean this whole harvey dent two-face is like a snowball effect of batman's choices right yeah i mean the joker
0: joker's choices (laughs) well Well, the joker
1: the joker tricks him well he thinks he's going to save uh rachel and yeah, mm-hmm. and he, instead he sees Harvey Dent. Which, if yeah. he had saved Harvey Dent, which he probably he he probably should have chosen to save Harvey Dent, we wouldn't have Two Face in the first place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure, uh, good pick.
2: Oh, I get another pick, don't I? I get to start yeah. off in the fourth round.
1: Uh huh. All right,
2: boo. Now I'm going to be leaving the marvel and dc spheres Real. and i am Mommy. actually going to go into a little bit of a dark area as far as superheroes are concerned spawn no uh, no i actually the didn't boys. consider spawn no the, the boys, boys is not spawn. <laughs> that is tv oh i'm actually gonna go into 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Go not...
0: Ninja, go, Ninja, go.
2: So, they were, they were, no, not, 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 Ninja, not ninja. Turtles uh, 2, y'all, shut up.
1: Secret of the Ooze?
2: Okay, so, 1990's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was a lot darker. The second one was good, um, for, but much more children's movie. This was like, a kids' movie that was really dark and like could appeal to adults, um, but there were a couple scenes that I could have picked from this. But the one I decided to settle on was uh, the final showdown with the Shredder, um, where the turtles they they kind of start, they make fun of them, they go at them one one on one, you know take turns one-on-one and each get beat um, the trope yes well and here's one of the interesting things it's it's usually it's the villains that go okay we're yeah. gonna attack them one at a time and they do it purposely here you know to, to try and trying to fight with honor and they get their butts handed to them um and there's there's really good i mean it's good choreography but it's it's really cool because they lose i mean they, they don't beat him
1: um, Only together, with their powers combined. Well,
2: no, it's really they they let the, Well, Splinter basically lets the Shredder take care of himself. Yeah. Um, and spoiler and so alert: it's from nineteen ninety. If you've got to have any problems, you know. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the I think it's a really cool superhero moment. It's a moment of failure and showing weakness and, you know, trying to come together. And even if you do everything right, sometimes you still
1: fail. Mm -hmm. And I like that about it. For sure. Man, I haven't watched this movie in a while, dude. But that's a like a deep pull.
0: Turtles in Time was better. but Bold, bold
1: take, bold take. All right, Jamie, that was your fourth? That
2: was the start of the fourth round.
1: All right, so Steven, it is to
0: you. The year, 2002. The actor, Macho Man Randy Savage. The movie, (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Yes. (laughs) So... Bone McGraw. Bonesaw McGraw was my favorite. I had just gotten into wrestling as a child and uh, I like, I found wrestling because it would come on right before uh, Star Trek, the next generation. So I just learned <laughs> who all these people were when I was trying to watch uh, like captain Picard and data do their stuff. Um, so I knew who Macho Man Randy Savage was going into this film. I'm like, Bonesaw McGraw? I can get into this. Um, such a delight to see him in there. Like, just like, what a nice cast they had in that film. James Franco, Willem Dafoe, and my man, uh, (laughs) Macho Macho Man, (laughs) Randy Savage. Rest in peace. Rest in peace
1: so but this is the this is the fight right where he yeah. wins the money and then he doesn't stop the burglar or whatever or whatever yeah robert and then ends up that guy ends up killing uncle ben who is retconned to end up being sandman in the third yes. film yeah, yeah. the okay.
0: killer of uncle ben yeah nice
2: that was a that was an interesting take i wasn't thinking of that one
0: right I-, really- I wanted to have something different uh, yeah. that I knew no one else would have that was still fun for me.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's a good scene. It It's part of, you know, it's really part of the origin story uh, of Spider-Man. And that actually pulls, that, that means so far we've got two from,
1: from the original. <laughs> from
0: Tobey Maguire's
1: Spider-Man. <laughs> well, three from the,
0: the trilogy. Oh, oh that's yeah.
2: true. Yeah. Three. Right. You you, brought, we,
0: each, we each have one. Yeah. You brought the evil dancing Spider-Man from three, right? That's
1: not what I did. No, I did (laughs) the train stop and the people (laughs) saving Spider-Man. And then Jamie took great power comes great responsibility. And then you took his battle with Bonesaw McGraw, (laughs) and Ranrander Shraper.
2: But this is really when he's trying to figure out what to do with his powers. And that's kind of, that's a really kind of interesting thing to explore within, with a superhero movie and with an origin story in a, world We're, we weren't devoid of superhero movies at this point but like like with x-men we weren't really exploring what what are they going to do with their powers well we we know because professor yeah. x is already established
0: just this Wait, random what guy is a, kid What is a guy yeah what does a kid do i don't know fight for money what do i do right and that's
2: i think it's cool to explore
0: mm. and all
2: it right it maintains the, the the illusion that you know pro
0: wrestling is <laughs> not fake That's, uh, what did you say it's not uh, I love and then her now herself. we move on alright
1: my number four pick okay my number four pick is another non MCU Marvel and it is from the probably
2: wait I know it. it's from the fantastic four rise of the silver surfer
1: yeah, Enter Galactus. This is the yeah, no. <laughs> um it's Logan. This is probably I think one of the best crafted superhero films since The Dark Knight. Um James Mangold does a hell of a job, but the scene I want to take and talk about is um X-23 when she throws off that backpack and her claws slip out and you see Logan's face and he goes oh, like, oh, I know who she is now. I know what they've done. And she goes absolutely berserker mode, just straight up shredding these bad guys, and they're starting to shoot at her, and like, oh, no, stop shooting. She heals, and she runs off. They chase her, and she just, her kill count is incredible. And then, like, Logan saves her, and they he saves Professor X, and then he gets in the car and drives off, or the limo with Professor X, and Professor X says, See Logan, I told you she's a mutant like you. Very much like you. This is and that moment where Professor X you know, he's had this you know he's got like dementia, Alzheimer's problems and he can't really function properly. He he's been telling her that telling him that this is a mutant like you this whole movie prior leading up to this and you're like oh she's basically his clone but Mm -hmm. this this is my scene of badassery is when she just goes absolutely berserker mode on these dudes nice the the film itself
2: i heard how awesome it was and then when i watched it don't you do it there was something about it that it didn't, did not resonate with me, but it's, it had the same problem as all the X-Men films tend to have, where I'm like, wait, what timeline are we in? It was the most, it was-
0: Because I- Hugh Jackman's in all of them.
2: <laughs> right. Well, it's like, and he's, he comes back in to it, like, you know, it's like, wait, isn't he dead? No, I don't know but where we are in
1: time. But it's it. kind of the- point it doesn't matter this is like an elseworlds one-shot story that is you know like you get these in comic books all the time you get the dark knight returns with frank miller and it's it's a an old man logan when old man logan this is an adaptation of old man logan the mm-hmm. comic books is this is a one-shot story yes right harken back they harken they call back to little things little easter eggs here and there when they talk about what happened at the statue of liberty um, which calls back to the you know the first x-men in the year 2000 right. so i mean dude
2: it doesn't i just don't part of the problem is is it works in comic books because of how many you get i don't I don't find that uh, Logan is a great standalone film, except that it wouldn't stand alone without establishing who all the surviving characters are.
1: It doesn't, well, you can't have Wolverine without the other. These characters are as comic book fans.
2: Right. But it, there's something lacking in it because it's obviously a sequel, but we don't know how, how things have gotten the way they've gotten. It's so bleak. But anyway, that's, I guess, a, a, more of a- Says
1: the dude who likes uh, the movie we just talked about. Uh, i keep thinking The Last of Us, but A Quiet Place. It's so bleak and dystopian. and You don't know what the hell these things came from or anything, except for little bitty clues throughout the movie that aren't said. They're shown to you. And then this is... They're actually alluding to Professor X, who caused all of this to the mutant die off in the first place. So... I don't, I don't really get what you're talking about. Maybe you need to give the film a second chance. I,
0: I, uh, I, do, I do see a little of what Jamie is saying because that is world building. Uh, I think Logan felt like it did not have to do a lot of universe world building of like, you, we know who these people are and this is how the universe works, where the quiet place had to explain the rules. But they so did. I do see that missing a little bit. I mean,
1: it's a dystopian, obviously a sort of a dystopian future that was caused by Professor X kinda of losing his mind, which we get alluded to throughout the entire film. Anyway, well, okay. So I don't so, like y'all trash talking one of my favorite superhero films. I'm gonna yeah. go take my fifth and final pick.
2: <laughs> go ahead. We'll
1: we'll do a deep dive into Logan someday. Oh yes, we will. Oh. All right.
0: I'm going to be busy. I've
1: spent my entire draft dodging the MCU. And now I'm going to take one at five. I can't believe you. Yeah, I know. You're going to take it, aren't you? Do it. It's Black Panther. When he is in the, you know, the King's realm for the second time. And he gets to confront his father about Eric. Killmonger. Mm. Uh, mm. And he's saying, you know, you were wrong to abandon him. And he said, "Oh, we," and, you know, his father says, we made the choice. We chose Wakanda, we chose our people. And he said, you were all wrong. This is the pivotal moment for Black Panther for me. You were all wrong, you know, to shut yourself off from the rest of the world. You know, I won't stop you know to do I'm gonna do what's right basically and this is this is the turning point for Black Panther this is his pivotal moment as a hero and I mean goosebumps every time Chadwick Bozeman, rest in peace
0: rest in power what a mate.
1: beautiful performance in this film and I mean just changed this this movie and Wonder Woman I think have changed the landscape for superhero movies forever. These are two movies that we are gonna talk about 20 years from now um, that kind of jump-started this, you know, more inclusive superhero uh, films, standalone films. So, but this is the moment for me in the film where he tells his father who, you know, he's looked up to his entire life that he was wrong. and. This, and he decides to open up, you know, defeat and dethrone Eric uh, Killmonger from Wakanda's throne and then, you know, opens up Wakanda to the rest of the world. It, and I, I like that you picked this.
2: Um, Black Panthers is one of those films that uh, it does really well in playing on classic Jungian archetypes. Um, and this the, the setup they have here is really the noble king versus the tyrant king. And this is where you have one noble king to another saying, no, you were, you were wrong. There are other
1: paths of nobility. Yeah, but he doesn't just say it to his father. He says it to the rest of the kings that are in in the background, his ancestors. And he says, right. "You were all wrong."
2: Right. And and the thing is is that it in some in a lot of ways like yet you know, Black Panther was hailed as being very progressive in a lot, you know, it, but it was also conservative too. And I think that's one reason the movie resonates so well with everybody is because it, it says, you know, there are virtues and there are ways of doing things that we have done for a long time, but just because it's been the way we've done it for a long time doesn't mean it's the only way or the right way. And But we're not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater either. Um, and so I think that that's one of the really great things about that film in general. And I think that this scene really is is a good pick on that.
1: And I mean, you're just, I mean, this movie is huge. I mean, I don't think, you know, before this you would have a six, seven year old white boy uh, being Black Panther for Halloween, like your son did.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: which is one of those things it's like wow like this is not only do we have this a black superhero film that's actually like powerful in in what it has to say um but it resonates like you said it resonates with everyone and it gives little you know it gives black boys somebody to look up to and i mean it's so tragic uh what has happened with the actor Chadwick Boseman? That I mean, it's yeah. it's devastating for the Black Panther fan community, Marvel, you know, everything really. Steven, anything?
0: Uh, it's it's so good. I loved having the representation of non like non white, non Christian um things here right that that this is a uh this is a far cry from like what we see in all the other films that there's this ancestral based um spirituality and and it was it was so cool to see that uh like brought to life on the screen so it was it was powerful for many reasons uh but i also just enjoyed being taken out of the experiences that I was familiar with.
1: Absolutely agree. But guess what? It's your pick again, buddy.
0: Am I allowed to swear on this podcast?
1: No. Okay. (laughs) So we, we try to refrain from it in the drafts, but uh, if the movie is, is I think rated R we'll, we'll uh, obviously we're going to have quotes. So we'll say the, those curse words.
0: I, I will save the, the, the potty mouth then, because yeah. I know you guys are going to dunk on this choice.
2: My son listens to this, so. All right. Yeah. Let him dunk on it.
0: Shout outs. I know you guys are going to, to dunk on this, uh, so I'm going to come in angry. So I don't care what y'all say. I know this is contrived, and I don't care because the, um, the women defending Spider-Man in uh end game oh, is a beautiful moment.
2: <laughs> no it's, it's not.
0: <laughs> it's look, just because someone plans on putting on makeup and going out and looking nice does not mean it's contrived. It can be it can be beautiful.
1: Okay. Um
0: I just think this is so Okay, go on. Sorry. It's look, it's powerful um that there there are multiple, multiple women in this group who are not only able to show up and like be badasses and come out in force, but they are willing to, that they have a voice and they have the ability and they use it to do what is good. And that is, I I will take that to the grave, that that is contrived, but beautiful. I mean, I think the first time I watched it, I was like,
1: like I always get that kind of way when I see these kind of moments in film. Uh, if we were doing a Star Wars draft, I would really high up on my draft. It would be Ray calling the hero's saber to her, it going to her instead of Kylo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that is huge, and it's one of those you know very feminist moments, but. This one just feels like it was forced down my throat, and well, and it's like we get we got them all to team up in this moment. It didn't quite make sense within the film because they were all off fighting, doing their own thing, and then that's how wars pop off. Ian. It's and wild. it's wild you don't understand. I know. Uh, okay, <laughs> sure. But and then Captain Marvel just does it all herself anyway.
2: Well, and and one of the things. I, I talked about this topic with my wife, Sarah, and you know, she we were talking about, you know, like moments that popped out to us and she brought this up, but she she said it was it just it felt weird to her as a woman. It felt kind of pandering. And I think I don't remember if that was the term she used. Um, but that that's the vibe that I got from it anyway. And that's kind of what I felt with this is that it was it was pandering and like, even I I don't like, personally, I don't like being pandered to. So I saw this as a, a, so when when you're pandering to anybody, it kind of just seems like, well, why? Like, did you feel like you really needed to add this to the film for, a particular reason or could you have done it more organically? Does it have to be a team up of all the women? Um, because, I mean, I think Captain Marvel is at least the MC- right now the MCU's Superman in that no, no real weaknesses, super strong, uh, doesn't even really seem to have that big of a problem with the big bad guy.
0: Um, you know one, one weakness she does have is she cannot be everywhere at once that's well, why she needed friends But
1: man also need, uh, has that same problem but his obviously his weaknesses are kryptonite and the women in his life So True. but she, as far as I know she doesn't really have any of those weaknesses right well, well
2: and I know that
1: in the
2: comics like she and, and War Machine you know Rhodey have, have kind of a thing um, but I thought you had like, a thing
1: with Luke Cage, but I could
2: be wrong i I thought it was it was Rody but you're probably right anyway that that doesn't seem to really make a a thing in in the film other than you know like a glance that that's probably more platonic than anything else but hey it's certainly an iconic moment I think that um I think it it certainly stands, and I, if it didn't, at least get an honorable mention. I think we would certainly hear about it. I'll take it. All right. So now I'm I am I am um, at a bit of a, a disadvantage here because.
1: This your final pick?
2: Yeah, it's my final. No, yeah, it's my final pick. And I have like three more I wanna do. <laughs> actually I have like two bench warmers. Like, I have like four I wanna do. Um, and I was gonna do something from Civil War regarding Black Panther, but I'm I'm actually gonna save it. And because no I, and I expected this one to go and I am gonna take one that I didn't actually even have in my top. 7 I, i'm going to go back to it i am iron man
0: the yeah. first time the I first so much in
2: and what it does for for us is it really opens up the superhero world to us the audience and it kind of removes the dramatic irony that can sometimes feel overbearing where we know who everybody's secret identity is but nobody else around knows and it's it's really kind of a, a, a drag in some ways and it just it opens it all up and of course we know that this later will get get that playback at the end of end game um you know but this i am iron man i am iron man like tony stark and iron man the same guy um but- it's so it's so good and it really does it, it it sets
1: up the mcu but it's like he it's he's got this whole speech prepared yeah it's it's supposed to be this whole <laughs> moment where uh he's supposed to say that it's a bodyguard in a suit mm-hmm. blah blah blah. but he this is almost just going into the egotistical Tony Stark, where he's like, "Well, I don't want somebody else taking credit for what I did." True, and he he—that's I think that's why he does it. It's not some sort of like—I uh, mean, it is—but heroic moment. It's his it's not, kind of—it's sort of no. his ego going. I'm Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I am Iron I, Man. I am Iron Man. <laughs> like, yeah, give me credit. It, it's not it, some other
2: guy. It's such good characterization, though, and it—it's one of those things of like, it is egotistical. But you know we've seen him grow throughout that film, that first film, but it also lets us know is he's got a lot more growing to do, and his life just got ten times more complicated because of it it's
1: but you know what what follows is awesome is the after credit sequence in this film, Stephen, it is in this film because it's Nick Fury approaching him going, "You think you're the only superhero in this in this world? You've got another thing coming like you yeah. know like so uh. Yeah, this this is a huge moment. And, of course, we get the iconic moment in Endgame, the super payoff of uh, the snap, the Iron Man snap. And right. The yeah. Which, wow, how that didn't make it in 15 picks. Yeah, well, crazy to me. I, I felt like I couldn't pick that one
2: and skip the first one. Um. And I felt like the first one
1: connected to it
2: enough. But do I get my bench warmer first, since we're doing this? Well no, we'll
1: give we'll give uh, our guest the first bench warmer. All right, fair enough. So, so just m- to say bench warmers is our way of saying honorable mention. Okay, okay, uh, gotcha. We're gonna get two, just in case our uh, our movie breaks down, we get to sub this one in our v- VHS eats the tape and
0: uh, <laughs> um, then we'll I guess this. my, my first one then would be um, Wonder Woman in the moment they're camping. They're, they're, uh, they're out in the wild mm. and the Scotsman, I don't remember his name. Yeah. But, uh, the,
1: the sniper, the Scottish the sp- sniper.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and he has night terrors mm-hmm. and um and we see Wonder Woman in a so I, I I spoke with my fiance about this and this was a, uh, a a thing that she didn't like because it was a woman on screen performing her duties as a woman and comforting someone in uh, in, in in like in need like being matronly and and she she was not a fan of that but um, I I it it stuck with me because it was someone doing like, this is a superhero and it, and this is someone who is like emotionally healthy and wants to like help people, whether that is fighting bad guys or being with you in a hard time. Yeah. Going down, she will do it.
1: Meeting people where they're at, man. That's good. This,
0: This person is great. Not because they are a woman or a man or a superhero but because they will do what is necessary for those in need. I like it. All
1: right, Jamie, you can go.
2: All right, well, I don't know. I really don't know how this one didn't make, my, make our list, but probably because we talked about it so much, it's Cap getting Mjolnir. I mean, that. Yeah. it should have been on the list.
1: Um, but theaters <laughs> around the world erupted. Dude, there were seismic readings that day.
2: Yeah, and and I think that 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 scene, it's so good. It's fan service, it harkens back to one of the comics, but it it harkens back to one of the, honestly one of the best scenes that totally draftable, where all the superheroes at the beginning of Age of Ultron are just, all the Avengers I should say, are just sitting around having a party, enjoying their success
1: right before it goes to poo poo. Right. So, all right, Ian, what's your first honorable mention? Well, dude, I've got 12, (laughs) I've got 12 different scenes I've written down here. I have no idea which one I'm going to, which two I'm going to pick from. Um, Number three. Number three. So we got that one, that one, and that one. All right. I'll take it. Whatever. Avengers infinity war. Thor, Rocket, and Groot enter Wakanda through the Bifrost that is summoned through Stormbreaker. Woo! Like, hell yeah, this is, this is the hell yeah moment. Everybody's like, ha ha ha, you're so screwed. Stormbreaker through. <laughs> uh, I mean, up to this point, all of our heroes are losing this battle, you know, getting overwhelmed by these little monster minion things. And Stormbreaker comes through and saves them all just with a one mere swoop. And it comes back to Thor and they come through the Bifrost. And then guess what? Theme hits, Jamie. The Avengers theme. Right. And you're like, because you are so pumped in this moment. This is the moment for the film, for me. The most heroic moment, at least, is when Thor saves the day in Wakanda. Almost uh well no i mean he does he saves his hero he saves his friends which is important i mean if they he doesn't come in yeah well if he doesn't (laughs) come in here then the ones that would the the end game doesn't happen right anyway i mean that's basically any any moments like these um it's a definitely high octane moment goosebumps every time i watch it all right, Stephen.
0: Um, let's see. Oh, I just had one. I so my as you know, my list was short. Um, you know what? The first Avengers movie, the first time I got that feeling, the first assemble.
1: The, center, right? the circle shot.
0: The circle shot. The, the bow and the Iconic. Hulk. Hulk doing this thing where he like. shakes his fists oh that was so good and it was the first time i I, like i remember the theater and the people i was with at the time it was such a uh, a good moment yeah i mean this is beginning.
1: this is the iconic shot i mean this is it but the problem with this film for me is that it doesn't quite it doesn't hold up i don't like the just joss whedon dialogue is super not good but this scene, I disagree. Well, it's because you're an MCU fanboy and apologist. But let's just say, and I, I mean, I'll say it. I'm a DC fanboy and apologist as well.
2: Which movie is better? Avengers, the the first one, or Justice League?
1: Well, Justice League hasn't come out yet, as far as I'm concerned. We're going to get a four four-hour director's cut on hbo max and then i'll i'll let you know
2: talking about apologism (laughs) the trick listeners
0: is to just get jamie and ian to fight and then you sit back for an hour and a half (laughs) i
1: mean you can say all you want but this the justice league we got is basically all filmed by the same director of the avengers
2: yeah because i guess the first one didn't make the cut but okay
1: you need to do your research buddy Anyway, so yeah, that's a, a great, great moment in superhero cinematic history.:
0: hmm.
2: All right. So I'm going to stay in the MCU for my second and final bench warmer. So my Wait, last surprise. Bench- yeah, shut up. My surpri- My surprise. My first bench warmer was Cap getting me near. So I'm going to stay in that theme and go to Civil War where Cap reveals he knew the means about
1: Tony's parents' deaths. I mean that's a huge moment, but I wouldn't call it any sort of superhero moment. This is it's, this is one his... of the things one of the things is it's pivotal. And right, but for, for is...
2: us no let me hear me out. The reason why the reason why one sometimes telling the truth is the hardest thing you can do.
1: But he didn't.
2: He he does. He held only it.
1: when he only when he's forced
2: to. That's not noble. He was asked directly, and the thing is, is no, it's not noble, and that's the point. Captain America, who we have this idea of him being wholly noble and superior morally, we realize and find out that, you know what? He's not perfect. And I think that is a pivotal moment for Captain America, not necessarily a one that's super heroic. And I think it does cast Captain America in a bad light. I think the whole of Civil War casts him in a morally gray light where he is doing everything he can fighting friends in order to save his best friend who was guilty of some very heinous crimes. And
0: well, I think
2: that that's that's an interesting moment. And I don't think it's a villainous moment, but I think it's, it's one that's certainly pivotal.
1: I think your other benchwarmer is him, Mjolnir, coming to him. And in Age of Ultron, he's unable to pick it up. I mean, it budges a little, but He's unable to pick it up, and I think I think Feige or somebody in that realm uh, has stated that he was unworthy of Mjolnir because of his uh, lie of omission mm-hmm. here. So that, when once this comes to light, he and, and deal they deal with him and Iron Man deal with this issue. Um, you know, the kiss and make up in this fo- in this movie, sort of. They. Which one? Not until Endgame. That's what that's what I'm saying. Endgame. Uh, oh, oh, end Endgame. Okay. That's where that's this is why he's able to pick up Mjolnir finally.
0: Yeah, I that think... imply that Thor doesn't lie.
1: Um,
2: it doesn't necessarily imply that. This
0: is a
1: huge lie, though. It. Mm.
2: And I mean, and, this is
1: not. I mean, this is life-altering. Also, Thor's of. not human that's, that's one thing we forget
2: yeah. and that's one of the things that Endgame kind of brings to us is a more human
0: thor
1: is it my turn
2: uh yeah it, yeah it's i think you're the last pick here yeah
0: this is your last our last the thing. last
2: thing
1: sheesh all
0: right um do do number seven all right. <laughs> let
1: me see One, Lucky. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. dude this is sweet i know it's a dc moment but it's a, not the dc moment you think about it's meeting it's the introduction to v in v for vendetta oh is he when he 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 beats up the uh whatever the the cops the the finger the fingermen, or whatever in the in the film as they're called in the film and he saves evie and uh his his monologue man where he just says like there's like 30 something v words in the entire thing and you're just like mm. what an introduction to this character i'm in like this this sells you on his, him as a sort of I wouldn't call him superhero, so maybe this y'all can. Maybe that's uh, why it did. I didn't take it in my top five, but he's uh, the sort of vigilante anarchist character who's much more like much more gray area in the comic in the graphic novel. But the introduction to V is is one of the best introductions to your protagonist. Well,
0: for me, anyway. Nice. Hey, he's. I he's seen batman it. with moral ambiguity right he's he's the punisher so yeah. but i mean he's trying to overthrow the
1: government and the punisher's not trying to do anything like that he's just trying to clean up the streets this dude is sure, trying but- to throw overthrow a tyr- tyrannical dystopian government that who very uh george orwell reminiscent sort of power here but what uh, governments aren't these days right and, you know uh bazinga but this is, this is a sweet moment. And I'll just quickly highlight the other ones in my, uh, there aren't in my bench warmers. Really? Really?
0: We're going to do that. Yeah, sure. Man of steel, Those were honorable mentions. These are honorable lightning rounds.
1: Yeah. Uh, man of steel destroying the world engine. This is where he becomes Superman. I feel like, uh, Batman be Superman when wonder woman saves Batman from doomsday, uh, man of steel, when he teenage Clark saves the school bus, uh, Awesome moment. Uh, Batman v Superman, the warehouse scene with Batman. It's like playing an Arkham video game. It's just one of the most iconic Batman scenes ever filmed. Okay, and one uh, more. Uh, we already talked about I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, but uh, Thor Ragnarok. Are you the god of hammers? That hammer was meant to help you channel your power, and then he – blasts hella out of the what are you the god of and the lightning strikes and led zeppelin hits baby led zeppelin i just i wanted to take that one that is my top five but Mm. i decided that black panther is uh more powerful yeah um so i i had uh
2: spider-man being crushed under the building uh in homecoming and Mm. him uh, just tom holland just nails it with that um and Uh, Black Panther, at the end of Civil War, where he foregoes his revenge on Helmut Zemo. Zemo, And where he says, vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming then. I'm done letting it consume me. Um, Justice will come soon enough. I think that is such a really powerful message. um, And one that that we kind of, we need to be reminded of. Um, And then, um, we are Groot.
1: That's yeah. Well, you told me I got one more, but I had that one on my list too. <laughs> good. So I'm, I'm glad I got it for you. Um, and then, and then my, my
2: last one, uh, was, and it was the other one from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was Splinter mentoring Raphael. Um, oh yeah. That's it's a it's a really, it's a really good quote. Um, and it's all about, you know, not letting anger consume you. It's kind of goes with the Black Panther one. So I guess that's,
1: that's where I was, but that's one my that life. One that I deleted, um, because it's more of a. Of a the villains moment is when black panther uh you know says we can save you to eric killmonger you know like Mm -hmm. maybe we can there's still time we can save you and he says uh why so i can you know you could throw me in some prison you know bury me at sea with my ancestors because they knew uh they knew that death was better than bond death was better Mm -hmm. than bondage Mm -hmm. what i mean that moment is huge you know um very powerful moment but again that's the villain that's kind of the villain that's the villain's moment that's the villain's moment and uh i think they might have made a mistake i i do think they made a mistake in killing eric killmonger off i've talked to you jamie about it i think he's one of the greatest mcu villains and they tend to do that they tend to kill off some of their best villains um yeah and they keep around some that are questionable like I, I I know that they're gonna bring Baron Zemo back. Uh, they've killed Thanos, but that I was, think he uh, was actually wanted. a good villain. Yeah, I know, no, no he's, um, he's fine. But he's not as
2: relatable. Like his, uh, he, he does have some relatable anger, but
1: yeah, I mean his motives are relatable,
2: right? So you know, and I think that, I think going into villainy would would be a really good one. But and we the thing do about
1: need to- Zemo is that it's his his uh, motives are within the theme of the film sure
2: but we do need to recap our top five we well hold on
0: do you have any lightning round steven oh yeah i've got one um in captain america the first avenger um there is a moment when he goes off and he saves all his friends plus 150 other american soldiers and uh like he is told you know no we're not going to go rescue your friends right um uh, the Men in Black guy, the what was that guy, or what, what was that Tommy actor? Lee Jones. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, this, We're not gonna do that, son. So he goes off and does it himself and comes back. The moment that they see there are zero casualties and he has just brought everyone home by himself and they're all walk- they're all marching back. That's so good.
1: I have uh, one Captain America moment. That i didn't mention i did write it down but i didn't i failed to say it is the helicopter flex in civil war yeah that one's good where he's he's holding the helicopter and then of course bucky's like this and just almost kills him with the Um, helicopter blades but that was my captain america moment one one that that my wife mentioned that
2: i i had on my list but i forgot i forgot to do the handwriting bit was captain america coming back old he gets that he gets his final gets to, to that date
1: um and so this she thought crazy. that was a really sweet moment. This is crazy. Because, like, it wasn't until I watched the Netflix series Dark that I really understood this kind of version of time travel. Like, he goes back and he stays, and so he's here in the present. But, like, he, like, he knew old girl had a husband and children and stuff. So at what point do you, like ruining this man's life but at the same time emily my wife was like well what if it was him maybe it was him yeah i'm like holy moly what if it's him this yeah. whole time it's just but then there's when he goes back there's two captain america still Ta-
2: time travel is messy and yes, that was one of the things i really worried about with avengers endgame and but, what they were going to do with lines. it
1: yeah you have this is how we have this is how we have loki on the run now when he takes the cosmic cube and
2: and i can see it if you're going to like separate your your movie cinematic universe with your television universe i'm okay with that i really do worry what it will do ultimately to the mcu if you're like well this movie is on earth 616 and this movie is on earth well we're going to find out
1: how it works for dc because they're just putting all of it into a multiverse you're getting michael right. batman back with ben affleck's batman in the flash film which well, is going to be crazy cool sony's
2: already played with it with in, into the spider verse too
1: well yeah you know and so there's a lot of talk about with the multiverse of madness the new doctor strange film mm-hmm. and and how he is going to be in the new the, the spider-man 3 he's already been cast so you're going to have there's Twitter, everywhere, it's just pictures of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire saying, like, bring them back, baby. Bring them back into this we'll film see. and enter the Spider-Verse in live action, which would be crazy. For, I mean, it would be awesome, we'll I think. see. Anyway. All right, we need recap. to do our recap. Let's recap. Steven, go, go for it. Re- recap your top five and your two bench warmers.
0: Let's see. My top five were Funeral Scene at Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, Fat Thor, still being worthy. Um, Civil War, where Spider-Man makes his appearance. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, as Bonesaw. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I stand by all my choices. And, um, and um, Spider-Man being defended by the women of Marvel.
1: And then your two benchwarmers.
0: My two benchwarmers were uh, Wonder Woman uh, comforting the Scotsman and... Uh, the first Avengers assemble. The first yeah. Avengers uh, the hot take so, of the, the whole. Cir-
1: yeah, the circle shot. Yeah. The where it like pans around the whole circle. And Jamie, go for it. All right. So my number one
2: was uh, the Avengers assemble from Endgame, where the whole MCU comes together. Uh, number two was from uh, the first, uh, what 2002 Spider-Man Uncle Ben's great power, great responsibility speech. Number three, um, from The Dark Knight, Batman Takes the Blame. Uh, Number four, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, showdown with the Shredder. And number five, I am Iron Man, the first time, uh, from Iron Man, from 2008's Iron Man. And so my first uh, bench warmer was Cap, getting Mjolnir, Um, and the second one was Cap revealing his lie about knowing the, about the Winter Soldier's killing of Tony Stark's parents.
1: And my top five best superhero moments and two Benchwarmers, number one, Wonder Woman, No Man's Land, number two, Man of Steel, superman take flight for the first time number three spider-man two saving the train and then being saved by the civilians uh number four x-23 going berserker mode and she's a mutant like you very much like you uh and number five you are all wrong black panther and my two bench warmers uh Avengers: Infinity War, enter Thor into Wakanda, and my second bench warmer, uh, the introduction to V and V for Vendetta. Okay, all right, and
2: that that's good
1: is. One. So I guess could... that is that's our. That's that. That's our, that's our su- best superhero moments draft. I mean, we're gonna come back and do the best super villain moments of, of the draft, which might be just docu- dominated by Heath Ledger's Joker and, <laughs> and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin.
0: Willem Dafoe, man.
1: I will say, take to the grave, but Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is a, a, the better Spider-Man oh, he's villain. so good. He is really good.
0: But I have a, I have a soft spot
1: in my heart for Willem Dafoe. I mean, he's f- not So His acting is, his face facial acting is so crazy. Um, oh. Anyway, yeah, but so. we'll
2: save the villains for next time. Until then, <laughs> this has been the Cine Siblings draft.
1: I'm, I'm Ian, I'm James, and I'm Stephen. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CineSiblingsPod. Pod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CineSiblingsPod. Siblings Pod.